have Joe Bolin from the EIERA on this week's Return of Renew Guru. Hello out there in podcast world. This is Renew Gurus. We're back. <laughs> Philip Prasika, our producer, we have not done a podcast in over four months. Uh, and now we're back. How are you, Philip? I'm doing great. Excited to kick this off for the new year and our next round of podcasts. Yeah, I know. I don't think we had quite got to 100 podcasts yet, but uh, we were getting there. We're like in the high 90s, I think. Yep. Be there soon. Yeah, we'll be there soon. Yeah, we'll make it. I know we will. Um, yes, yeah, so this is uh, Renew Missouri's uh, podcast. I'm James Owen. I'm the executive director. Uh, I am coming to you live on tape uh, from Jefferson City. I have had to make a pit stop in Jefferson City. I was actually in uh, Southwest Missouri last night. We had our first Rural Electric Cooperative member owner meet and greet. It was mm-hmm. really successful. I was really thrilled about it. Uh, and so now I was just driving back and I had scheduled this podcast. And so we are here um, and we have as our guest. And I needed to bring this up because it's a long title. But we have Joe Bolin and he is the executive director of the Environmental Improvement and Energy Resources Authority, which is the EIERA. Uh, Joe, hello. Good afternoon. Thanks for coming on. Um, you are, you, this, e, this is the EIERA, which I, I will confess to you every time I say it, I want to say it in kind of the old <laughs> McDonald had a farm. <laughs> you probably get that a lot. I don't know. Yeah, we, know. we get that a lot. Yeah. Okay. I thought I was being clever. Uh, <laughs> so, okay. So I, you know, cause I mean, it's a, it's an agency that I think is like really important and does a lot of exciting stuff. And like what we were kind of hoping you would come on today and talk a little bit about what it does why you know what what impacts it can have and yeah and so i think it's just kind of more like kind of telling people about it so the eira it is it is housed within a state agency in jefferson city correct that is correct we uh uh, i mean just to give you a little background uh, the authority was established by the general assembly in uh, 1972 as an environmental finance and technical assistance agency yeah that is administratively assigned to the department of natural resources yeah we're uh, we're governed by a five-member board which is appointed by the governor and uh, confirmed by the senate and we uh, basically assist in providing financing solutions to programs such as the state revolving fund program mm-hmm. and uh, provide technical assistance and research to environmental and energy related projects. Right. So when you, when you report to a board, I know there are some state offices and departments that report to boards. Is there like kind of considered more autonomy to the work you do? It's like, is it considered like kind of less political when you have that board structure in your governance? Yeah, that, that, that's very true. We're, we're considered an instrumentality of the state and a body corporate and politic. So we are independent. Um, we uh, we do not actually receive uh, funding from the state. Okay. Um, but now technically we're, we actually have an appropriation, but we do not receive any funds through that appropriation. It's, it's more of a technicality ah. just so our, our staff can uh, participate in uh, some of the benefits programs. So. Okay. Okay. So... So, and I know you mentioned some of the some of the funding that you work on. I kind of want to get a general sense. I mean, is there a specific? I mean, you have a lot of um, 
you know, you have like a lot of vowels in there to talk about environment and that sort of thing. Um, what, I mean, is there like a focus, like if you were to say there's a focus of your entity of this, of this agency, what is it? Well, we, you know, historically we've, we've focused uh, a lot on water and wastewater infrastructure, okay. uh, and energy in the past. We, yeah. we, uh, um, in fact, one of the main things we do is we issue taxable and tax exempt bonds mm-hmm. for the state revolving fund, the water and wastewater programs. And of course, they provide low interest financing for municipal water and uh, wastewater projects. We also issue bonds for private activity, uh, private activity bonds for investor owned utilities and other um, uh, industries for pollution control projects. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Now, on the solid waste, just to give you a little bit more of a background for everything we do, on the solid waste side, we operate the Missouri Market Development Program. And and in this program, we provide financial assistance to manufacturers and entrepreneurs that create products from recycled content materials that were uh, diverted from landfills. Mm -hmm. Um, We also operate a Brownfields Revolving Loan Fund Program. Yeah. Of course, that provides uh, loans and grants to uh, to folks to clean up uh, clean up private property to get it ready for redevelopment. Right. So, and so, I mean, most, go ahead. So go ahead. Well, I was going to say most recently we um, we we've been working on the development of a, a energy infrastructure bank. Oh, yes. And <laughs> through that bank, we're we're looking to provide a source of leverage financing for the development of energy resources of the state and to increase the deployment of energy efficiency and energy conservation projects throughout Missouri. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm gonna get to that. I'm very excited about that prospect. Now, I, now I think, you know, you, you talk about bonding. I mean, that is something I think is very unique about your agency is you are a bonding authority. Uh, correct. Yeah, so for people like me who fell asleep in their business finance classes. I mean, so like a bond, can you kind of, I mean, like, you know, I, I always think of a bond as like, this is something that is issued that allows government entities to build capital projects. And that's the primary purpose for a bond. Is that kind of like what your definition of a bond is? Yeah. I mean, it's a, they're a broad definition of bond, and especially yeah. The majority of the bonds we issue, they're revenue bonds. So we're, uh, the majority of our uh, most recently, uh, you know, we issue for the state revolving fund program. So they're municipal bonds to support infrastructure projects for uh, local government. Mm-hmm. And, you know, their voted authorization is the the backstop or the security for those bonds, uh, along with the, the pledged revenue from those projects. Uh, and that revenue, of course, is uh, in the form of, uh, you know, ratepayer dollars from that wastewater treatment project. Or that drinking water project. Yeah. Now I have a really dumb question, so I'm just going to warn you in advance. The uh, the your bonding authority, your ability to be able to provide that kind of security out there, is that just a function of the legislature saying you have that ability? Are there extra things that your office has to do to be able to? I mean, I'm I'm kind of talking about capital and then that sort of thing. I mean, where does how does that work? I mean, is it just the legislature says you're a bonding authority and that's it, or is there other things that have to go into that? Well, it, yeah, I mean, by definition, our, our, our authorizing statutes provide the uh, uh, provide the authority for us to be a bond issuer. 
uh, we're, we are very independent. We have very broad authority, uh, mm-hmm. not only for, I, I talk a lot about water and wastewater, but uh, energy development, energy resources development, and energy efficiency and energy conservation right. are specifically mentioned in our statute. So we uh, we do have broad authority as, as far as issuing debt to support uh, any of those types of projects. Yeah. Philip, dumb question. Good question. What do you think about that question I just asked? That's great. I mean, that's uh, fantastic to hear that you're offering that. And we're very fond of, you know, energy conservation and efficiency activities. Right. You know, yeah. Thank you, Philip. I'm glad you your, your checks in the mail. Now, Joe, um, you, you say, you've mentioned the state revolving fund a couple of times, and I want to kind of get into that a little bit. What what is that? What what is that? What is that fund that you're referring to? Well, it, it's it's really a state uh, federal partnership where. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Department of Natural Resources uh, receives capitalization money from EPA, from US EPA. That money is used, historically, we use that money to leverage other projects. So, you know, it, it's a fairly um, simple model um, until you get it on paper to, to see all the cash flows and everything else. But Essentially, we would use federal money as a reserve or loan loss reserve. We would invest that to buy down the interest rate for the bonds that we would issue to actually fund the projects, fund the construction projects uh, to build infrastructure. So um, that that federal money would be used as a subsidy, as an earning tool to, to buy down the interest rate for uh, for a municipality's projects. You're, you're using that federal funding to kind of lower risk. Is that exactly. exactly. Okay. So, and we're talking, you mentioned something about, cause you know, I kind of want to get into those specific projects, especially the energy ones, but you know, you gave the example of let's say a municipal water system has to make improvements. Those things are really caught, co- you know, those things are really intensive as far as technology. They're very expensive. You would help municipalities with that. Um, with the, um, with like energy projects, I mean, are you talking about, are you working with municipalities for that? Are you working with utilities on that? Like, are you working with individuals? Like, or are you working with all of them? I mean, can you give me an example of an energy project you all would help fund? Well, I, I can tell you what we did in the past. We, sure. we were, again, very similar to the water and wastewater programs that DNR uh, funds. Uh, we're, we're a financing partner in those. So we basically take their projects, we issue bonds uh, and leverage those projects, leverage those revenues to provide them more capital to issue more loans. We did the same thing with uh, the Division of Energy's loan programs back in the early 2000s. Essentially, we we took their existing loans and leveraged those, leveraged those revenues. We issued additional bonds and provided them additional capital for, uh, you know, to, to fund uh, more projects on top of their current portfolio. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, you know, that that's kind of what we're looking to do in the energy sector here. Uh, and, and of course, we have a, a re- uh, request for proposals out right now that we can we can talk about here shortly. Yeah. But um, uh, it, the, the, the challenging part for us right now is we we have no capital to leverage on the energy side. Mm. Um, you know, we do on the, you know, the water and wastewater side, like I said, we're right. a partner with DNR. They they draw the capital from EPA. We can leverage their, uh, they have a large portfolio. 
So we, you know, we issue bonds uh, to help capitalize that on occasion. But on the energy side, we're we're kind of starting from scratch. So the yeah. the thought behind this, um, you know, this energy infrastructure bank is to provide a, a statewide platform uh, to provide financing that really isn't available uh, out there right now. I know there's uh, there's a lot of activity out there between the investor-owned utilities. The PACE districts, um, some municipalities are working on right. their own, uh, for some of their energy projects, but we would like to provide, uh, you know, a source of low cost financing uh, statewide. So, yeah. Uh, and I, I want to get to, yeah, to, to sources of that funding. You said in the 2000s, you helped with the division of energy's portfolio. That was before my time with doing energy policy. What was an example of something that was part of the division of energy's portfolio that you helped along well they they it, it was basically their uh their existing loan program it's it's a local government and schools um energy oh, efficiency okay. program okay uh, it they've had it for years it it's a uh, uh it's a relatively small program uh they they probably issue five million a year um mm -hmm. depending on depending on the year but it it's uh it strictly for local government uh you know county government um local mm -hmm. schools a lot of energy efficiency projects whether it's uh you know replacing their hvac system lighting uh, whatever it might be but uh that those loans are designed where the energy efficiency the payback is actually designed uh as the uh the repayment mechanism so the savings from the project itself uh becomes the the repayment stream and they have to adhere to some strict guidelines to yeah to make okay. it all work so yeah i was i was blanking on that because i know a lot of the uh funding that de division of energy provides is uh, a lot of it comes from the federal appropriation and they administer it and they Correct. uh send it out uh but um yeah so you know you talk about like there's not capital available right now for energy projects um as philip and i have talked about on this very podcast before uh there is about to be <laughs> A lot of money coming from the federal government on um, on energy projects. We don't quite know what that's going to look like or where it's going to be or how it's going to show up. But the Inflation Reduction Act that was signed into law in August does contain a lot of possible fund financing to state governments for those kind of projects, does it not? Yes, it does. And that we are we are keeping a close eye on that. Um in fact, uh, it, as you mentioned, the, the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022, uh, Section 60103, uh, amended the Clean Air Act to uh, create Section 134, which is the Greenhouse Gas Reduction Fund Program, mm -hmm. uh, making $27 billion available for uh, uh, existing green banks throughout the country and to help create or capitalize uh, up-and-coming green banks. So mm -hmm. we... In the state of Missouri, obviously, there isn't uh, an established uh, green bank or energy bank. We uh, uh, we're not as far ahead as, as a lot of the uh, uh, states that do have. And you're more aware than I, I am, of course, of which states have those and which yeah. don't. But we also believe uh, we're positioned much better than uh, many other states that do not have a green bank currently. We uh, we have all the statutory authority in place. We have. Uh, you know, a finance team already in place uh, yeah. just because of our uh, existing programs we have. So, uh, you know, for us, 
the next uh, the next stepping stone is you know looking for some capital mm -hmm. uh, to seed some of these projects to seed the bank and then uh, working on you know eligibility structures and and scoring criteria and and all that stuff so yeah uh, that's that's going to be the next step so yeah so you talk about this 27 billion that was in this bill and you know Philip and I on a different part of the IRA have been working with public comments and rulemakings and everything else. And so there's still a lot of administrative work being done uh, to before we even get to the question of how that money is going to, or if that money is going to go to states. Yeah, you, you're right. There, there's a lot, uh, there's a lot of activity here in the last month, uh, you know, providing comments through all the different administrative agencies. And uh, of course, we provided uh, extensive comments ourselves uh, yep. to, to emphasize to EPA uh, the need for flexibility across the board to, you know, make this as easy as possible for states to, to deploy. But um, I, I think, you know, just to break down the uh, that 27 billion, the, the first 7 billion uh, was really designed, well, the eligible uh, recipients are, you know, states, municipalities, and tribal governments. Yeah. And uh, the the language in the statute is is very specific, and it's really uh, for financial financial and technical assistance to enable low income and disadvantaged communities to deploy or benefit from zero emission technologies focused on rooftop solar and other greenhouse gas production activities as determined by the EPA administrator. So right. that, that, that to me, that that's some challenging language in, in some ways. Um, <laughs> I think the intent of the legislation, at least from some of the sponsors that, you know, we, we were on a lot of national groups uh, discussing this and, and, you know, providing comments, but uh, what we did learn was you know, the sponsors of this legislation were really, really wanting all this money to go towards rooftop solar. Mm. And, you know, whether that uh, you agree with that or not. Right. I think that's going to be a priority coming out of EPA as yeah. far as eligibilities and, <clears throat> excuse me, and scoring, uh, scoring these projects. But that language tacked on to the end about, you know, um, other greenhouse gas reduction activities kind of opens it up pretty broad. And again, yeah. that's just for the first seven billion uh, pot for states, municipals, and, and tribes. Uh, again, the other challenging component of that is it's specifically for low-income and disadvantaged communities. Yeah. So, you know, working that into uh, you know a brand new program and uh, trying to uh, establish eligibilities and and priorities, uh, that that's definitely going to be a challenge. So. Yeah. And you talk about the discretion of the EPA administrator. That would, I would say the EPA administrator for Joe Biden might be different than, say, Kristen Gnome's EPA administrator. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what they consider a gas house uh, admission uh, policy. Now, yeah. So, I mean, you, yeah, you talk about those standards about, you know, kind of tackling these kind of challenged communities. I mean, are we talking about, I mean, are we, are we talking about that's something that and maybe we don't know yet. Is that is that something that's eligible for individuals, municipalities, utilities? Do we know how like how the how the government's going to say this is how we want the states to disperse this? 
Uh, no, not yet. Um, I, I, you know, that's the next big, um, you know, big milestone for us and all the other states right now is, you know, EPA's guidance, when it's going to come down, what right. it's going to look like, uh, what the eligibilities are going to be, uh, what, it, what it's going to take to apply for this money. Um, one, one of the more interesting aspects of this is uh, of this, the greenhouse gas statute itself was uh, money was supposed to start flowing by the middle of February, which is a month from now. <laughs> yeah, and I've, you know most of us have, have dealt with EPA and developing guidance and things like that. I, I can tell you on the the water and wastewater side where they have existing programs in place uh, for the bill money. Uh, they, you know, it, it, it was well over 12 months before they started getting any guidance out. So, yeah. So, and, and this money coming through the Clean Air Act, you know, it's brand new. It's coming through the uh, Office of Air and Radiation, I believe, new for them. So, you know, they're under a tremendous amount of pressure um, and, uh, you know, quite a challenge for them to get something, you know, drawn up from scratch um, with this amount of money to uh, be responsible for. So, you know whether money's going to start flowing in the middle of February or February or not. I'm I'm not uh, I'm not taking those bets. Yeah, I, I actually heard somebody last night tell me they thought it might even be. Oh hi, I should have turned that off. Uh, that they thought it might have. Um, that was that that was the EPA just there. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, that it might even be two years before we started seeing this money in, in some cases from the IRA. Well, and you know, again, for this specific pot of money, the twenty-seven billion, uh, it's only available until September of twenty twenty-four. Oh, right, so that's, that's true. You know, yeah, less, less than two years, a year wow. and a half. So, and 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 to the extent, like you know, is there anything in the language that says that, like, like only so much of that twenty-seven billion can go to a certain state? Because you had could imagine that, like, a state like California could use more of that money just because their population is bigger. Are there any kind of apportionment rule? Is there kind of any kind of apportionment language like that? Well, you know, according to the statute, all three pots of this, the 7 billion, the 12 billion, and the last 8 billion are all uh, supposed to be awarded on a competitive basis. So Mm -hmm. there is no formula for each or any of the the, the categories. Uh, However, a lot of the national um, trade associations provided a lot of comments, um, including, you know, ECOS and EFAB. Um, and some of those comments, at least ourselves and several other states, I can tell you, uh, were really pushing EPA to develop some sort of formulaic approach similar to the SRF program, regardless of the, you know, the competitive nature um, you know, as, as required in the statute, mm-hmm. there may be a way to have a minimum allocation to each of the states and municipal or tribes, and then have another additional allocation based on, you know, competitive approach. So, mm-hmm. you know, to answer your question, we don't know yet, uh, Yeah, but that's, that's going to be, um, everybody's keeping a pretty, pretty close eye on that just because of the reasons you mentioned. I mean, some of the, sure. the coastal states can, you know, um, uh, take a pretty big bite out of that, that first 7 yeah. billion. So, yeah, no doubt. And you mentioned this is something that's available for states I mean, and local governments too. I mean, it's possible that you could have like this infrastructure bank that gets funding at the state level, but a, a community like St. Louis or Kansas City, as an example, could also be do, working in the space as well. 
Absolutely. And, you know, again, we're, we don't know if EPA is going to take a, a priority approach, you know, right. uh, go to the state level first and then have them distribute or, you know, just, right. Uh, we, we don't know. We don't know. There could be opportunities to work together. There could be opportunities to coordinate together. This is time will tell on how that's going to work out. Exactly. Exactly. So I, I I think it's important to mention for the for the last two categories the the twelve yeah. billion and the eight billion. Um, let me find the language, but it um, those two pots that it, it was eligible. Um, I think the language was, you know, it, it, to these eligible recipients only, which is defined later in the statute as a n- national nonprofit that met very strict criteria. So it was very mm-hmm. obvious that they're not you know, pushing this to specifically states, municipals, and tribes for the last two pots, right. but to uh, possibly a, a national green bank uh, mm. for them to distribute on a national level uh, with no boundaries between states and with the idea that it's, um, you know, it, it, it's a more open competition and uh, less less paperwork or, you know, right. less levels to go through. So, yeah. That those two pots are the most interesting to keep an eye on because how EPA will determine uh, who that eligible entity will be, and um, you know, so the theory and again, some of the statutory language allows that national nonprofit to award directly to subrecipients or um, indirectly to other agencies like ourselves or to other establish green banks uh, throughout the country and then for them to distribute how they see fit. So there's, you know, there's, there's a lot of guidance to be determined yet by EPA um, and, and a lot of different directions they could go. So uh, we're, we're just hopeful to be able to, you know, put ourselves in a, a competitive position to capture some of that money for the state of Missouri, whether it's, you know, through us or for the municipalities or for other mm-hmm nonprofits in the state, uh, we definitely want to capture as much of that as possible. Yeah. And now this infrastructure bank, kind of like some of these other green banks and other infrastructure banks around the country, I mean, they're not just looking at federal money. There's other, I mean, there is possible, I mean, like I know there's like private money that's been available. There's been money that's been appropriated from like kind of assessments of utilities. There's other ways those have been funded as well in other parts of the country. Um, so you could, in theory, get private money too to help with this. Yo, absolutely. I, you know, we we would, uh, and that's the model we use. You know, we 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 would love to leverage, um, you know, whatever projects we can. The, the, like I mentioned before, the the problem is coming up with some capital to leverage. Right. So, um, and and that that's actually a very good point of the going back to the legislation. One of the priorities that's very obvious uh, throughout this. Uh, statute is they are looking for states and you know recipients to leverage this funding. They don't really necessarily want to see it go out as all grant money, but they're looking to mimic like the state revolving fund where it is a uh, you know a revolving loan fund in the end to you know keep this money circulating from project to project once you know this initial round may pay their project back. And we move on to the next group and it's, you know, we, we keep funding in perpetuity. So. 
Yeah. Now you mentioned, and this is kind of what I wanted to really bring you on to, to talk about this and kind of get the word out on this. You were mentioning a request for proposals that your agency has put out. Right. I, I think it's I think it's great. Can you kind of explain what your what, what proposals you're asking for here with this? Well, um, yeah, I mean, we're we're looking for a pretty broad um array of, of projects, really. Um, you know, anything from energy efficiency, energy conservation. Uh, energy resource development. Uh, we, you know, maybe depending on uh, the uh, eligibilities in the Inflation Reduction Act money that we might possibly receive, uh, even, you know, uh, resiliency projects. It's hmm. right now we're, we're, there really aren't many restrictions other than, um, you know, the model is that this is going to be a, a loan program hopefully a, a subsidized loan program where we can, you know, make these affordable funds. Um, and, and that way, you know, we can really stimulate some projects that otherwise probably wouldn't occur. Um, so the RFP is out there. The, the, one of the main purposes of that RFP is to, you know, from a statewide perspective, what projects are out there? What's the demand? Um, yeah. The, what's the scope and scale? Right. And, you know, that in turn will allow us to build this portfolio of projects and turn around and apply uh, to EPA for some of this IRA money. Yeah. Um, and again, whether it's it's going to come through us or, you know, it, it's divvied out throughout the state some other way, um, you know, that'd be fine, too. What we're uh, we're hoping to to capture some of that and provide you know, provide that leveraging mechanism again uh, to, to make it go as far as we possibly can. Mm. Yeah. And I mean, I guess, are you, I mean, you're, you're looking for these, these um, you're looking for what the demand might be out there, but are, are you all as an agency looking at what this could be as well, or are you kind of like more focused on well, what does the public need? I, I kind of just am curious if, if there's being internal but there's internal as uh, searches for ideas as well, or how extensive that is. Yeah, and, and I think you know that kind of ties back to uh, Division of Energy's, you know, their their statewide plan. Uh, they had put out a request for information several years ago. Uh, yeah, four years ago, I think. Yeah, and you know, some priorities came through in that, whether it's you know ag sector or uh, low to moderate income housing energy efficiency type projects. So, you know, I think we'll naturally see some priorities come through and some of the responses. Um, uh, and on top of that, you know, th there are some policy policy discussions uh, going on with, with some of the policymakers and that that's always going to tie in uh, as well. But, uh, and, you know, before I forget, let me mention a little bit about um, Please. The, RF the RFP. You know, we actually asked for a lot of detail uh, in that RFP uh, with, you know, the thinking that if there are some shovel-ready projects out there, I, I hate to use the term shovel-ready, but you know, <laughs> going back to the era days, um, <laughs> if, if there are shovel-ready projects out there, the more detail we can get, the better, the closer to, you know, maybe closing on that project, uh, uh, that would be great. But we understand that, you know, there's a lot of projects uh, in concept out there, and we don't want to discourage anybody from submitting a response if they can't fill out every question on that uh, RFP. Right. So, right. 
Um, yeah, and I mean, obviously, and we will send out a link to that when we send this uh, when we send this out to our supporters. I think Great. we've already sent it out to them, and as well as the industry folks as well. Um, now, with this money, with this money, is this really just for capital? Is this to help administer this as well, or is that not something that's being fact that that you can use for this? Like, if you were to need to hire more people, if that was if that was a possibility. Well, I, you know, that's that's uh, one of the things we're we're grappling with right now is um, mm-hmm. uh, and and whether EPA is going to allow that or not. We we yeah. do, we just don't know yet. Uh, so th- those were some of the comments that a lot, a lot of the other states and uh, uh, comment providers uh, underlined was, hey, we need startup money for a lot of these states that don't have any, um, you know, green bank structure in place. Right. So, I, you know, I, I think EPA is aware of that. Um, the the policymakers are aware of that at the federal level. Um, but uh, so, so, yes, to answer your question, I, I think a lot of folks are looking for money not just for the capital project, but maybe just to support the internal infrastructure uh, to keep these programs in place and to, you know, to really push them forward and grow, uh, grow these opportunities. Because it's just so much. I mean, if you're even like talking about half a bill, like if every state got half a billion dollars, you got $500 million of capital. That's going to be so much oversight and making sure all that is being used responsibly, that people are like paying it back, uh, that people are using it for the purposes they say they're going to use it for. There's a lot of oversight that goes along with that kind of money. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the the structure we have now, um, we're partners on the water and wastewater side. We're partners with DNR. They administer, yeah. you know, the day-to-day function of that. We also deal with a, you know, we have a formal trustee uh, at, at the national level mm. that handles, you know, the, a lot of the bond side of things. And and uh, so, you know, we we kind of have a, a model in place, but uh, it depends on the types of projects that come through. And, mm. uh, you know, we, we have a model of, we have very few staff, but we, you know, we contract for our, you know, we have underwriters in place, we have financial advisor in place, we have uh, trustees in place. So, uh, you know, a lot of that can be expanded relatively quickly, mm-hmm. uh, depending on what comes through. But, you know, I, I just want to reiterate that, you know, even though we have this RFP out and there is a, uh, I think our deadline is uh, the end of February, Right. Um, that's, that deadline is there just so we can have capture a moment in time mm-hmm. and, you know, pool those projects and, and make application to the Inflation Reduction Act money. Um, but but again, I, you know, I want to temper any expectation to those that do submit a response to that RFP. You know, we currently, as stated in the RFP, we do not have funding right now. Right. It's, uh, <laughs> and may not. And, and we may not. Yeah. Uh, hope, hopefully we'll have something. But um, and again, you know, the the um, everything's going to be on a competitive basis. There'll be yeah. if we do end up getting some uh, lucky enough to get some some of this federal funding, uh, there'll be some, uh, you know, eligibility criteria established and uh, other, you know, competitive uh, criteria that we'll have to, uh, for, you know, for a scoring and ranking system. So, yeah. Um, right now, and I kind of do wonder, I mean, there's this specific money for this green bank. I mean, but there's a lot of money in the IRA. I mean, is there, I mean, have you been able to identify at least for your own agency and it's in its, in its current structure? I mean, is there going to be money available for some of the other work that you've been doing? 
It, well, you know, James, I'll be honest with you. We really haven't uh, looked <laughs> at a lot of the other sources that we, we've been. Um, the Division of Energy has actually been focused on those. And oh, I see. we, we kind of divvied up responsibilities. So we're we're on top of the greenhouse gas reduction fund. And okay. they're looking at they're looking at a lot of the other uh, possibilities. So uh, but but, you know, keeping in mind that we, we could partner with them with with some of these other opportunities as well. Right. So. I'll have to like finagle somebody from there to get on this podcast with me talking about those questions. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Philip, you're listening to this. You've been doing a lot of IRA stuff. Do you have any questions for Joe? I'm putting you uh, on the spot. Don't have a question. Uh, well, I, I guess more of a comment. I, I can phrase it as a question. Um, okay. Are you, all, are you all planning to participate in any of the upcoming uh, USTA Rural Utility Services uh, roundtable discussions? They're starting next week. They're a few that are on Missouri, one's focused more towards distribution cooperatives input, the other one's on the larger generation transmission input, uh, but there are a few other areas as well, like equity, environmental stakeholders and such, uh, and clean energy developers that are all going to be available for folks. Well, I, I tell you, we were not planning on it. I, I think that's something our uh, partners at Division of Energy, they will probably be uh, uh, be participating in that, but um now that you mentioned it, I, I may have to uh, may have to tune in. So we'll get you in the information. Good job, Philip. I would appreciate that, actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I mean, like I just it just seems like there is so much. I mean, there is a lot. I mean, there is a lot to be excited about, about the potential here. But then I, you know, and we spend a lot of time talking about it. Renew Missouri because it is such a clean energy intensive piece of federal legislation. But yeah, yeah we're talking about we're going to be six months since it kind of went through Congress and people are saying like, well, when's this money going to be available? And the only answer I can say is like, Oh, we're working on it. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're, we're waiting on, waiting on EPA. So. Yeah. And everything in that world moves really slowly uh, as it should. It's yeah, a lot of money. <laughs> it is a lot of money. And, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're, we're hopeful. There's a lot of potential there. And uh, I, you know, there's a lot of good that's already been done in the state. There's a lot of, you know, active areas that, um, uh, you know, we're just we're just looking to be a, a partner in some of those. And if we can leverage those opportunities, we want to uh, provide that service and and uh, any anything we can do to bring more more federal dollars to the state, we're we're certainly going to try. Yeah, and I, yeah, it's kind of interesting because I mean, you mentioned that you have appropriation, but not really number amounts on it. I mean, a lot of people don't realize that even state agencies that deal a lot with federal money still have to get the okay from the from the state legislature to be able to 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 handle that money. Is that, that that's right, isn't it? Uh, yeah, typically, you know, the state agency would have to apply. We're we're a bit unique in that. Oh, any. Any funding like this would be outside of our appropriation, and we—that's oh. what makes us more flexible. And um, uh, you know, we 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 can pivot much faster than a, a true state agency. So, oh man, my lack of research completely blew that question. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's all right. You know, a lot of agencies have to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, like we, Division of Energy as an example. Yeah, correct. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they yeah, again, and then for a lot of people who don't know, Division of Energy is also under the Department of Natural Resources as well. Um, 
It it just moved from the Department of Economic Development. Just uh, I think that was in 2019, maybe. Just moved back. They were originally back with yeah. DNR, moved to DED, and then then moved back. So yeah, yeah. So it's it's over there. Um, it's over there now, and so that hopefully allows for more coordination between your offices. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Well, well, Joe, if anybody wants to learn more about EIERA that we haven't talked about here on this podcast, uh, where should they go? Where should they look? Well, they can come to our website. Um, it, it, we're actually uh, linked to DNR's website as well. So, um, mm. you know, you, you caught me off guard. I want to make sure I get our website right. Okay. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's And it's not on that card. Um we well, let me be... see if I can find it. Hold on. <laughs> I, I actually just looked it up because I, mean, I wanted to make sure. Now you caught me short. So it is eierea.mo.gov. Correct. Right. Yeah. Um, I because I had to look it up because I need to know what the letters stood for. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I introduced you. Um, but you can go on there and that has like information about all your programs and all your available funding and that sort of thing. Correct. Correct. Right. Yeah. And you're, yeah, I mean, you mentioned you're kind of, you're a, you're a pretty small office given like this work that you're doing, are you not? We are, we, um, you know, there's a handful of us, there's probably, you know, less than six people mm-hmm. and we, uh, you know, we handle a lot of things through contracting and um, uh, just, you know, partnerships with, with other agencies. So yeah. we have a very small footprint, but a, a very large impact. You probably have some contract, like some of those underwriters and trustees you mentioned are probably like all contract folks that you work exactly. with. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So the state government, like people have no idea how complicated it can be. <laughs> I don't really quite know what they know what, we, what, what gets done in Jeff City, but I was in state government for a couple of years. I don't think people just, just assume it's like, just like we're just handing out money, but man, it's tricky, tricky stuff. It, it, it can be, it can be, so... Well, Joe, I really do appreciate your time. I know you've got a lot going on, but we just appreciate you sharing uh, information about your agency and about this RFP, which we, yeah, we are also very excited about here at Renew Missouri that that's out there and that's uh, hopefully going to attract some interest. Yeah. Hey, we appreciate the opportunity to help get the word out. And uh, if you have any other questions, please, you know, give us a call. We'll do it. And I want to thank all of you for listening. If you like what you heard today, please be sure to subscribe to us on Spotify or Apple. Share this on social media. Leave a review. Uh, That helps bolster our numbers. Uh, So we would appreciate that. And on behalf of everyone at Renew Missouri, including our producer, Philip Frasica, I would just like to say thank you for listening. And until next time, take care of yourselves and each other.